Heavenly Father, help us to become the masters of ourselves, that we may be the servants of others. Take our minds and work with them. Take our lips and speak through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I first learned of <clears throat> the killings in Dr. Phillips' office in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when I was driving in my car listening to NPR. There were statements that they were broadcasting that morning. The first one was from the police chief in Tulsa, and he did an excellent job with his uh, excellent skills in being able to uh, speak the details with respect and kindness. The next statement came from the chief medical officer. He spoke of how he had entered the place of the killings the very evening that it happened as soon as the police allowed him to go inside. He went to every spot where someone had been killed, including the shooter, and he prayed for them. And then he prayed for the entire facility, that it be returned to a place of peace and healing. The next statement came from the assistant to the chief medical officer. She apologized to the victims and the families for not being able to save them because they had been rushed directly to the emergency room in the very facility where they worked. But the devastation had been too complete. She began to cry and then she caught herself pulled herself in, and said a beautiful prayer, not only for those victims and their families in Tulsa, but for all of those who have been victims of these shootings. The peace of Christ is not the peace that the world gives. The peace of Christ does not assure us that we will not be called into the storm. In fact, the peace of Christ often calls us to go directly into that storm in our own particularities, with our own gifts, with the police chief as police chief gifts, with the medical officer and the assistant as their gifts, with the way we are, with our gifts, to give one prayer at a time to one person at a time with as much love as we can at a time. And that is the way in which the Holy Spirit works in and through us, continuing to do the works that Christ began. And it is not 
always easy. But then let's look at the people who were in, gathered together in the upper room over 2,000 years ago. Can you imagine how it felt to have tongues of flames coming from your mouth? To have a violent wind, not unlike a hurricane, blow through the room? to speak in languages that you have never heard before. And why? So that every single person in all time, in all places, will hear the good news. The good news that we are loved beyond measure. The good news that we too are a part of the Spirit of God. Not God, but of God. Born into that, as all people are born into that blessing. Richard Rohr, who runs the Center for Action and Contemplation, once said, if you want to know if you're doing the work of the Holy Spirit, then ask yourself this question. Do your actions expand love? Or do they contract love? If your actions expand love, then they are of the Spirit. And what that kind of love would mean is the hard kind, forgiveness, compassion, inclusivity, humility, gentleness, kindness, self-control. The Reverend Jackie Lewis, who is also affiliated with the Center for Action and Contemplation, says that it looks like this. If your neighbor is struggling, offer them a helping hand. If a stranger carries a heavy load, lift it with them. If someone is celebrating, join in their joy with your unique individual particularities. A friend of mine who is a great Presbyterian <clears throat> recent sent me, recently sent me a picture. And at the top of the picture, it says, God has a plan for your life. Very Presbyterian, but that's okay. It's a great picture. <clears throat> and the photograph is of a mother sitting in a roller coaster seat. And she looks so happy, just blissfully happy. <clears throat> Beside her is apparently her son who is four years old. And every single hair on his head is sticking straight up into the sky. He has a look on his face of sheer terror. And both of his arms are wrapped around his mother as tightly as he can get them. And then the bottom caption says... This is what God's plan feels like. And the mom's sweatshirt says, Holy Spirit. And the kid's sweatshirt says, You. 
And when I think of this, I think of how often we consider the Holy Spirit as comforter and advocate and friend. And it is not that that is not so. It is so. But the Holy Spirit also bids us to ride down the roller coaster of life, fully entering in to the aliveness, the aliveness that is God living within and without and between each of us. As I wrote this sermon, uh, I did this with fear and trepidation, as St. Paul would say, because all of a sudden it dawned on me, who am I? Who is anyone to speak of the mystery of the Holy Spirit? So I can only offer you my hope and my belief this morning. And that is that in our lives and the lives of all people throughout all eternity, the Spirit dwells in the very aliveness of the cells of our being. And that Spirit beckons us to see with new eyes, to hear with new ears, to open our hearts to one another in love. And when we can do this, when we allow the Spirit to do its work, my hope is that it will set us on fire.